Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, and today I'm joined by some very special co-hosts. We've got the Node Defender back for his second podcast of the week, the Cashflow King, staking expert, yes, and the Cashflow King, Mr. Andrew Cashflow, and the one and only Mr. Johnny Crypto is joining us on the podcast again today. So very happy to have you all. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing with inflation soaring, what we can expect from the Federal Reserve as a response, Ethereum gearing up for ETH 2.0 upgrades, and a prominent CEO gives a five-figure Ethereum price prediction. The U.S. Senate candidate mentions the Great Reset and a look into what the Bitcoin whales are doing during this time of major uncertainty. Also, we have a clip from Ripple CEO Brad Garlinghouse on his critique of the SEC's approach to regulation by enforcement and XRP as a currency confirmed. We're going to find out today. Our show is now available on your favorite crypto podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. But before we hop into all that great content, I'd love to give everyone a chance to introduce themselves. We'll start with the Node Defender because he's at the top of my screen, so we'll go there. Good morning, Mario. Happy to have you. How are you doing today? Good morning. I'm doing fantastic today. I'm happy to be here, happy to talk crypto like always, and great lineup we have today, not only of, of co-hosts, but of news. So super excited. Let's get this show started. Yes. And we've got the passive income king, Mr. Andrew Cashflow. We were just talking about additional airdrops he's participating in before the podcast. So very excited to have you today. How are you doing, Andrew? Yeah, I'm doing great today. I mean, uh, there is a lot of cash flow to be caught at the moment. And uh, I'm actually, I'm often say the day is too short to catch all the money that's dropping down. <laughs> and, uh, it, it, it's a fantastic world we're living in at the moment so i'm always happy to share and uh, i'm also also happy to uh, to talk crypto i love that and we're always happy to have you and there's a good saying in america we call that champagne problems or first world problems <laughs> right there's too much cash to be collected but johnny crypto good morning and how are you that's always a good thing good morning everybody how are you today my name is johnny crypto with a k and I'm wishing you all a good day. good day. Andrew's got those uh, cash flow nets. He's got like two nets. I think they're just hanging out there all the time. Just <laughs> <laughs> grab all that cash flow. It's coming down. But uh, I'm happy to see that today it looks like a green day. So it's, hopefully it's going to be a good day. Today is going to be a great day. Not only because it's a green day, but we're seeing so much bullish news. I'm very excited to hop into this. And we'll go into the Bitcoin fear and greed index first. We're sitting in the extreme fear range with all this uncertainty, whether it's Ukraine or the Federal Reserve. We're showing a 24. If there's any comments from the group, I'll kick it around now. I guess we'll start with Johnny Crypto, and then we'll hop into the uh, the Bitcoin and crypto prices. Well, you know, we're still kind of hanging in this whole kind of 20-ish area, but I, I, you know, hopefully we're starting to finally bottom out here. You know, it'd be nice to see if we can get a little capitulation, if we could start to to break out of this gear. So, you know, kind of mid of the month is what we were hoping something would happen. We'll start to get a turn, and you can see we've been now in the in that uh, twenty zone for a couple of weeks. So yeah, let's see. Hopefully, we're looking to break out of this thing. Maybe we'll get that news and catalyst today after the uh, the Federal Reserve uh, hike news. So it's going to be very interesting. Today's a big, big day, a huge day, and we're sitting just below one point eight trillion in total market cap. We've got Bitcoin over forty three percent dominance. We saw that short term Bitcoin pump. We even saw Bitboy tweet something out how short-lived it was, but it was exciting to see this massive green candle come in. 
touched just below 42,000 before we got our capitulation. And it didn't last very long, but it was a bullish sign. And we've, we've continued with that bullish momentum since that point. So with that being said, I'll tell you the prices for the other cryptocurrencies. We've got Ethereum sitting above 2,700, XRP sitting at 77 cents, Terra Luna at 8,877, Cardano is at 82 cents, Kronos, 39 cents. And we're going to start covering XLM on a daily basis. We've got XLM sitting down here at 18 cents, a possible accumulation range. Andrew Cashflow, is there anything that stuck out to you? And were you surprised by that Bitcoin pump yesterday? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's a question for of waiting till it will happen. I mean, there is so much demand for, for, for crypto. And I mean, I'm still wondering why Bitcoin is always going down, down and trading sideways. It's a little bit boring. So for me, it's just sitting on my hands, waiting. I filled my bags with, 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 with Bitcoin, with Ethereum, and I'm, I'm waiting to sell on the way up. A hundred percent. And we're looking at this now. We, we're not even getting close to that $30,000 range. That level was bought up pretty quickly earlier this week when we touched about the 33000 So it's good to show that we're creating higher and higher levels of support. And that's something that sticks out to me here. Another thing I'd love to show our listeners is we've got this brand new Twitter channel where we're going to let you get access to all the members of our crypto team. You can see what we're covering on a daily basis, some of the interactions we're having with Coach JV. And I just want to give you guys a quick glimpse at this Coach JV NFT, which is totally badass on the board eight XRP project. So I thought that was very cool and very accurate. Um, with that being said, I'd love to hop into our first video and then we'll get some comments from the group. Here's a very powerful statement from Jerome Powell, the chair at the Federal Reserve. And he's talking about the shift we're going into from our old economy to the digital economy. Here we go. He told you guys, he told you, he told you, we're not going back to the same economy. This will be a different economy. And one of the things we hear from, from uh, companies is that they've spent a lot of time since the pandemic arrived, looking at ways to have more effective technology and perhaps fewer people. So you're going to see some of that in these public facing jobs. So uh, there will be millions of people who have a hard time finding their way back into the workforce and recovering the lives that they had just a year ago. And, you know, uh, I think it would be appropriate for us to continue to support those people. So, I mean, that video speaks for itself, right? Catalyst response solution. They're using this as a way to shift us into the digital system. We're seeing it with Swift and we've seen it with the C-19 pandemic. I'd love to start with the Andrew, the cash flow king. What sticks out to you in this video? And is, is everything that's happening right now according to plan? Yeah, you know, that of course it is according to plan. I mean, the whole COVID stuff or the whole CC stuff that was also to get us in a certain pattern of obeyance. I'm not sure how, how to pronounce that in, in English, but and we get we have to get used to to be guided from a centralized uh, uh, entity, and, and this this indeed fits in the in that whole paradigm. However, if you have a leader which 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 the the the, the power likes to be you also need to have a follower because else the game won't play and what i get more and more aware of there are so many people that want to follow that asks themselves what should i do and then there is somebody like a centralized entity who says oh now you should do this and now you should do that so i think the, the, the general problem with, with with population is that there are so many people that have fear 
to take responsibility for themselves. Because if you would have, yeah, if you if you are a leader for yourself, you know, you don't care anymore because you make your own plans. And as, as long as that exists and stays in existence, then these central leaders, yeah, they will, uh, yeah, they, they will, yeah, have power over you. Yeah. And they're being forced to respond. The second they started printing all these dollars back in 2020, we knew that an inflation rate was going to have to come to offset all that printing. Johnny Crypto, what are some of your thoughts? Yo, first of all, that is a badass NFT ape. That, the minute <laughs> I saw that thing, the first thing, <laughs> look at that thing. That's beautiful, man. Not only does it look just like it's even got the necklace, the uncommon 1% shirt. Those guys did a great job. I can hear that coach running. I can hear it. When I see it, the words just hit me. I can hear him saying, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together. Let's totally. Go. <laughs> they did a great job. So kudos out to the board ape uh, XRP group who put that together, man. Uh, I'm sure coach would be proud of that. that. That's a beautiful, that's just a beautiful job there. Um, in terms of um, what Paulo said, listen, we've been telling everybody for over and over, we tell you guys that. Every plan, everything that that the the World Economic Forum and the elites are doing, it's all hidden right there in plain sight, folks. You just have to have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. Powell's been telling you what's going on. The news channels tell you what's going on. The kids' cartoons tell you what's going on. Comic books tell you what's going on. It's written all around you if you just want to open your eyes and see it. And, you know, he told you that this this, this, uh, economy, we're coming to a new one. We told you they, um, that, you know, the, the World Economic Forum told us that we weren't ready for a, uh, a C-word type pandemic five years earlier. And there it is. It happened. They're, they're telling us that we're not ready for a cyber attack. And, you know, you're starting to hear issues that that's going to be coming up. Uh, they're telling you that there's going to be food shortage issues. And now you start seeing articles about that. It's all there, guys. It's all there. What's coming. Right. So at the end of the day, protect yourselves, protect your families. Put your funds in assets that are meaningful, you know, real estate, gold, silver, physical type stuff, and, you know, crypto. Yeah, Mario, we're getting a ton of static on your end. If you wouldn't mind muting yourself just for the time being. And and I totally agree, Johnny. What you said is, is perfectly spot on. And we knew these levels of inflation would roll in, and we're seeing that right now. So I'll bring that brings us perfectly into our first article, where U.S. wholesale inflation surges 10%, but there is one silver lining. So... We're seeing wholesale prices rise sharply, up nearly 8% from last February, and it's the highest rate of inflation in over 40 years. We haven't seen anything like this since 1981, and we're constantly referring to that on this channel as a housing market being a great indicator of inflation. We're seeing 18 to 20% increases in hot hub, hot hubs like Miami and Texas in the housing market, and the increase in wholesale prices over the past year has stayed at 10% for the second month in a row, the government said on Tuesday. That's the highest level in decades. We've been covering this on our channel for quite a while now, and I know JV does the same. I'd love to hear some of your guys' thoughts on how you can offset some of your risks when dealing with this massive inflation. I mean, this basket where this 10% rate comes in, it doesn't include gas. It doesn't include food. It doesn't include the housing market. So these are really just essential goods we're talking about here and. We need a way to offset that rate. So we'll go to Johnny Crypto first, and then we'll kick it to Andrew Cashflow. What are some of your thoughts? <laughs> For, what the hell does it include? That's my thought. What the hell? <laughs> does it include food? Does it include energy? <laughs> it 
plastic loop steak. What the hell? What are we? What's in this thing? What's the point of it? It's useless, right? It's completely pointless. The reality is, if you follow that, you don't even know what the real inflation rate is. But if you look at, you know, what Congress did, Congress gave themselves how, what was it? Apps? How big of a raise did they give themselves last night? Twenty-one percent. So yeah. that's probably what the real inflation rate is. Probably closer to twenty-one percent, right? And to protect yourself, at the end of the day, you know, I used to think that gold and silver were the the best hedges against inflation, and um, and probably still are because of the fact that they only produce two percent a year. But until until I heard that Michael Saylor video, right? When you start listening to the way he talks about it, things that really are your best hedges are, are finite things right so obviously physical re- reality or physical real estate things like that are good but bitcoin right this is one of the ways that the elites are using uh crypto to hedge against inflation so the jury's out as to whether or not it's going to hold up but right now if you think about it it does meet all the check boxes of, of a hedge against inflation because it's, it's finite it's it's practically unhackable and it's very, very transportable. So to me, that's probably one of the best things you could do is put some Bitcoin in your bags if you're worried about inflation. And it's not only inflation that we're worried about. It's also people moving away from the dollar when it comes to global trade. And we're seeing that with the yuan in Saudi Arabia with them possibly moving to denominating their oil in the yuan instead of the U.S. dollar, which would be historic. So, Mr. Andrew Cashflow, can we go to you next? Yeah, um, you, you're right what you say, that, that uh, countries are uh, moving away from the dollar. And what you already see is that uh, Russia, India, China, and uh, Brazil, if I'm right, yeah, they, they are already doing a lot of trades outside the dollar. And, and you know, and if, if I look back to that, that, that movie of, of Ray Dalio about the uh, rising, rising of uh, uh, glo- global powers, yeah, it, it makes so much sense that those countries do it because, I mean, if if United States wants to stay number one with their currency, don't cut off anyone, anybody, anybody from your currency. What they currently do with with, uh, with Russia and, and other countries. I mean, it doesn't make sense. It makes no sense. And they shot themselves in the foot. We said that from day one. The sanctions everyone thought was a good thing. Well, let's cut off Russia from global trade and squeeze them out. Well, we're also damaging our U.S. dollar. And the more that we say we're going to sanction people, the less trust they have in our currency being available for global trade. And I thought it was really interesting that The Economist in this article says high inflation is expected to persist through the summer of this year. So we're not going to see a resolution to this in April, May or June. We're going to be dealing with these rapid levels of inflation all the way until September. So if anyone has any closing comments, I'd love to get them from you now. Johnny, anything? You know, at the end of the day, we've known for a long, long time that the, uh, the 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 elites want to go to a one world currency. Right. And you're just seeing the beginning of how they're going to get us there. It's basically right. you got to disconnect people from the dollar. Got to have an excuse for people to get off the dollar. Problem, reaction, solution. So this war is going to be one of the ways that, you know, one of the biggest countries, continents on the world, with one of the largest resources, oil and wheat are going to come off the, the system, off the dollar, right? And you're just going to, it's going to be a domino effect after that. One after the other is just going to start falling. And pretty much you're going to see the, the, the dollar unravel. And it's going to be bad for everybody who owns the dollar. So you know, we've been saying here, you know, you don't want, I don't have a lot of dollars. You don't want to probably be in, you know, here, right? Dalio, cash is trash, right? There's a reason why the elites are saying that. There's a reason why Bitcoin. Is forty thousand and not ten thousand? 
because the money's not in cash. It's in Bitcoin. So uh, people don't, the elites know something's coming and they're getting the hell out of cash. And again, as we always say, do what the billionaires do. So uh, yeah, I would wrap it up by saying that um, cash is probably not a good place to be as we start to move into the, the next monetary system. Yeah, But on the other hand, let me add something to it. I yeah. mean, we are always pointing to others and the high inflation and it's their fault. Look to yourself. What can you do to to uh, yeah to, to protect yourself? And it's not only buying, buying, buying. I mean, my name is Cashflow. As long as you have enough money to buy everything, where's the problem? And how do you get the money you buy you, that that you can buy everything? Make sure that you have assets that are cash flowing that bring money in your pocket every week or every month. Because if that's more than you spend, yeah, of course, you, 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 you spend a lot of money, but you have no problem because you are still able to buy everything. Yeah. And that, that's what I also say to, to people, spend less than you earn. And if you think you earn too less, then study and, and find yourself another, another occupation or find yourself a second job invest in assets and invest in in cash flow generating assets i would say read again the book of robert kiyosaki rich that poor that he explains yeah. it exactly what you have to do so and if your assets can pay for your living you're financially free and you don't have a problem so um, and, and and as soon as you stop blaming others and, and, and you start looking at yourself, you can get out of this, yeah, this vicious circle. And, and, and then you take responsibility for yourself. A hundred percent. That's what JB always talks about, right? You aren't free until your passive income exceeds your expenses. Because at that point, you, you don't worry about things like inflation. But I'm seeing a lot of people and, and a lot of my friends are having a difficult time. Are they going to fill up their gas tank or are they going to purchase the food that they typically do? And so mm. we're reaching this point where people are forced to make critical decisions for their families. And that's what that's what really caught my attention here. But you made some amazing points, Andrew. It starts with the individual. It's not about these external forces. It's it's your response and how you're able to cope with these things. So that ties us in perfectly to our next article where we're going to talk about how the Federal Reserve plans to respond to these high levels of inflation that we're seeing. Again, these are the highest levels of inflation we've seen since the 1980s when the housing market was appreciating nearly 20% per year. We're seeing much of that take place right now. And the analyst in this article says they expect the Fed to raise rates by a 25 basis points, which means 0.25 points on the interest rate scale. And the Fed is expected to announce a plan to reduce its nearly $9 trillion balance sheet, meaning that they're, they're trying to shift us from a, an economic situation of inflation to deflation. They want the demand for dollars to increase because right now there's too many dollars circulating in the system. And there needs to be a response for retail investors to, to be able to afford and live the way they, they want to. Coach JV brought up a fantastic point in his video today. The average rate of inflation is outpacing the average increase in salary for Americans by nearly 3%. So people are getting 3% poorer every year, 3% less buying power, even though they're getting the raises. We can't keep up with inflation. So this is something that needs to be addressed. And I do think the Federal Reserve is taking the necessary steps. I'd love to go to Johnny first. Johnny, what are some of your thoughts on how the Federal Reserve plans to respond to this rapid inflation? 
<laughs> first, first of all, you have to realize the Federal Reserve creates the problem, and then now they're going to try and fix it, but there's not a lot they could do. All they could do is raise the lower interest rates, right, at the end of the day. Uh, but by printing all the money is how you create the problem, by flooding a, a shit ton of dollars, and then when it comes time you know, to take it back, nobody wants to do that because it comes in the form of taxes. So instead, what happens is now they raise rates, they're going to reduce the money supply, and you're going to see a lot of things kind of crashing. Uh, what's interesting is we we know today that uh, the market has kind of baked in about a, a, a 0.25 you know, quarter basis point. So we'll see what comes out. That's why today's kind of very interesting because not only have they, the market has baked in a quarter percent ba- uh, basis point it also is baked in i think about seven seven hikes yeah so now depending on what we hear coming out of today's um meeting we'll know whether or not for example if we come out and the, and the fed says hey we're going to be at a quarter basis and we're going to raise you know six or seven times then you're not going to see any real big reaction in the market today it's kind of probably going to go sideways um if they if they say that we're going up 50 points or higher then we're going to crash have a big market crash because the market isn't going to like that when it when it gets surprised the market hates surprise um or if it uh you know or if they don't raise then you know that'll be interesting you may see the market pump um but i can't imagine they're not going to raise based on all the the flood that's out there money and inflation already but we'll see it depends you know we'll see what they what they do there it'll be very interesting looking forward to seeing what happens and you brought up a fantastic point that they've already anticipated they're going to increase by a 25 point basis every quarter for the next seven quarters. So I'd love to get Andrew Cashflow's perspective because he's not an American. What are some of your thoughts on what's taking place in America right now? Yeah, I know. I, I there is a weird thing going on. On the, on one hand, there is too much money in the system, and on the other hand, I also hear from third world countries that their governments have not enough dollars to buy gas and to buy oil. So there is an oil shortage there. So that actually pushes up the dollar in value. And for, for me, it's, it's, it's an absolutely weird situation what is going on. Because also when I look to, uh, for example, Italy, uh, Greece, Spain, they all have a lot of uh, um, yeah, governmental debt. And if you raise... The, 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 the interest rate, also the euro interest rates will follow. Yeah, I mean, it will be diff- more difficult and more difficult to pay those, those debt back. So raising would be a good uh, solution. However, it's also the most bad solution you can think of. And actually what I expect, no raise of the, no raise of the interest rates. Wow. Yep. Can you yep. elaborate on that a little more? Yeah, because it is it is so bad for so many countries, and at least also in 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 Europe, you have the European Central Bank. They are all all those uh, 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 leaders there. They have been chosen by the individual countries. So yeah. the governments of the individual European countries, they can just tell them. Uh, no, no, no interest rates because no, no, no hike, no interest hikes because we can't pay it. And yeah. you know, and and I think they will just kick the, the 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 can down the road more and more and more, and 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 I also think that they will uh, use the, the 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 recent war with with Russia and Ukraine 
as an excuse. Oh, no, 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 we cannot uh, raise interest rates at the moment. And there will every time there will be another excuse not to do it. Yeah. That's why I, love that. I don't expect that the interest rates will go up the next seven quarters. No. And that's what out in three hours. Yeah, we find out in three hours. And that's what Mario said yesterday. He's like, I don't anticipate them to raise interest rates. I anticipate them to keep printing and adding to their federal balance sheets because that's the total opposite of what retail is expecting. So, Mario, I'd love for you to elaborate there. Can you can you tell us a little more about why you came to that conclusion? Yeah, just, I mean, it just in, in my head, I had the same thought process as Andrew. I just, with everything going on, I just don't think they're going to raise the interest rates. They're going to blame everything on, you know, oil prices are up because of because of Russia. And I just don't think they're going to be raising interest rates either. Um, yes. They're just going to keep kicking the can down the road, just like Andrew said. I sure. mean, that's what they've done well, in the we'll past see. as well, right? And we're seeing it yeah. like I love, I love to make the comparison to what happened in 2001 for them to roll in the Patriot Act, right? There was this massive problem, right? We had this situation and, you know, 9-11 is what I'm referring to. And we needed a response because now the citizens were not safe. So they needed repercussions. They moved in the Patriot Act. So now they can see your emails. They can see your text messages totally legal. What are we seeing now? A financial version of that. They're going to crash the Swiss system, show how unsafe it is, show that it needs to be upgraded and then roll out this new blockchain technology and allow for people like us to start using that on a daily basis, whether it's digital wallets or custodying your own assets. Cashflow, I'd love to go to you. Yeah, Naya, what, what I see is actually in the whole world, all the currencies are going down. Yep. So if you have fiat currency, where should you go? Oh, yeah, I think to the dollar, because that that's that's the most reliable still of the all unreliable uh, currencies. Exactly. What I, what I already said, there, there is a shortage of dollars in the world, and especially of of, of smaller countries that their, their currencies go way way more down and and in a faster pace. So they need to buy dollars. So what is the problem for the U.S.? Dollar is going up. Even the dollar is going up compared to the euro. So now and then. <sighs> yep, totally. It I completely so, agree. It, it, so do they really have a problem at the moment? I don't uh, know. Crypto. I, hear it. And I think Powell said two very important keywords. You know, he said a new economy, more technology, right? Mm. So leave it at yes. that. And humans becoming less essential. I mean, look at us right now. We're a company and none of us are in the same location. We communicate solely through the internet, through a digital web framework where we don't have to be in person. A lot of these companies are going to that work at home. You're not essential. And they're also able to diminish the value of individual workers when you're not in the office communicating with one another. The the business environment, the office space as a whole is disappearing very quickly. And we saw that in 2020. Johnny, why don't you close us out here? Basically, at the end of the day, United we stand, divided we fall, right? And now everybody's divided. Who's sitting in who's sitting in the office talking? Who's having lunch together? Who's having water cooler conversations? Nobody. Nobody's together anymore. It's all broken. The whole goddamn thing's freaking broken. Right. And that's what they want because it's a lot harder to to do things so that people can 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 be together and have conversations and share ideas. And so you know, the less contact you have, the less of that that goes on at the end of the day. And you know. You know, I kind of agree with you guys in terms of we know that the elites want to bring a new currency, right? They have to bring everybody to their knees. They have to create fear, you know, a great amount of fear, break the financial system before they could roll in a new system. So, you know, if they start easing, 
now or raising rates, I should say, then that may you know prevent that from happening. So I kind of agree with you guys. I don't, I don't, we might not see anything. <laughs> Let this thing drag out and keep printing. And that may be a reason why we saw that huge pump in, in, um, in Bitcoin last night, because maybe there's a few people behind the scenes who know what's coming today. Right. And they want to get in because if, if they don't raise rates, I would suspect that we're going to see, um, you know, a pump in all the markets, both the, the stock market and the crypto market. So yeah, 1000% somebody knows 1000%. No doubt. Somebody's got to know something always leaks. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, there's a lot of people that know. It's <laughs> just unfortunately not, not us at our levels, but yeah, no doubt about it. And that's why when you see these weird things happening with no news, those are the things that make you go, Hmm, what's going on. Somebody knew something. And that's kind of what, same thing with XRP. Once that lawsuit ends, you're going to know. You're going to know because you're going to see XRP do the same thing with no news. It's very, I mean, and, and we're all talking about Agenda 2030, right? That's where we started two years ago on this journey. And we're, we're looking at the incremental steps they're rolling out to get us to not only not own anything, but move into a blockchain system that's totally transparent and a currency where they can define what goods are essential and inessential. So it's about gaining a better means of control over the currency and where it's going. And the money laundering argument is a hilarious one because it's the easiest thing to money laundering is cash. So when you, exactly. move into, when you move into a public blockchain system, it's much easier to see not only where the money is going, but where it's coming from. And that brings us perfectly into our next article. New yep. Senate candidate Brian Solston claims Bitcoin as the great reset and the role that it's going to play. So I don't want to I don't want to spend too much time on his statements, but I do think it's it's a broader view of what's taking place. We've got people who are in the Senate addressing this great reset by Klaus Schwab. And before I break it down with the great reset is, Johnny, I'd love to get some comments from you and the rest of the group. He thinks Bitcoin is essential for the United States to adopt as legal tender. Do you agree? You know, again, if you, if you listen to some of the billionaires who are putting their money into it, when you look at currency dollars, right, um, they are inflationary and fiat, as we all know, is fake money, right, made on the back of a napkin, made out of thin air. Uh, controlled by central bankers, right? And so people have no control over it. When you look at the system they want to replace it with, a CBDC, it's it's literally just giving the banks even more control over our currency and giving more power to the C to the central banks now because your privacy is gone. Now they know exactly abs what you spend. They know what Mario spending. They know what cash flow spending. They know what you know these guys here in the in the uh, in, in the chat room are spending. Everything's traceable, and more importantly, they can actually control it. They can tell you where to spend it, where you can't spend it. And if you aren't a good boy, they could turn you off. The the thing that I love about um, what what Solstice is saying here is Bitcoin. On the other hand, is just the opposite. It, it is digital currency form, but it's it's decentralized meaning it's not controlled by a central bank. It's not, it puts power back in the hands of the people. It's untraceable, right? So that you, you can, you have the power to spend your money where you want. And so I, I, yeah, I love what he's saying. I, I think it's great that he's pushing for it. It's never going to happen. You know, he's either trying to make a name for himself or, um, you know, or if he is successful at doing it, he'll end up committing suicide. He'll uh, shoot himself in the back of the head and put himself in the trunk of the car. And he'll twice. be, you know, oh yeah, twice, right? Two shots <laughs> in the back, and then put himself <laughs> in the car and disappear. But uh, no, I'm all for what he's saying, and I and I hope I hope more more congressmen get behind him and and, and make this happen. But I don't think it'll ever happen. It's, there's no way the bankers are going to relinquish control of the money money system. They worked too hard to get it over the past 400 years. They ain't giving it back to us, folks. 
I agree, Johnny. And I, I also think that this is most more a narrative than anything else. It's just to get people used to hearing this this uh, cryptocurrency talk and blockchain and moving towards blockchain because I think that's what they want essentially because of the control, because of the way that they can, you know, track all the transactions and stuff on the blockchain. But Bitcoin itself, I don't think Bitcoin is is going to be adopted as this global currency or like the the one solution for for currency. You know, you know what I see as extremely positive. The more people talk about cryptocurrency, the better it is for us, because that means adoption, adoption, adoption. And yes. people should get aware and should get uh, used and comfortable with digital money. It's either CDBC or it's cryptocurrency, but they should become comfortable. And the, 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 the more people will get in and, you know, people will soon enough will discover the difference between a CDBC and a cryptocurrency. And of course they can track you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the government already knows so much about you, but you know, be smart and be patient. And the more people in Congress and, and other governmental people talk about it the more companies that talk about it the more the adoption goes and we get the like like the end, end of the end of the uh or the beginning of the century you know with with the internet bubble it it went so fast up it, it can only be good for us but yeah you know we have to be patient and we have to be patient maybe another three to four years because it really before it really pays off and we have to survive that period we have to overcome that period but andrew yeah. people are already being tracked with their latest you know with their iphones in their pockets and with their samsung's in their pockets so you know now they're going to be tracked with what they're spending so it's just <laughs> makes sense i i don't think the tracking part is the problem i think we all realize that our data is being bought about us sold every the whole world is about data right everything Big data is worth more than actual. <laughs> they actually they put value assets on data now, right? So knowing your data and tracking you, that that's okay. We could live with that. That's not a big deal. Where the big risk here is, this is the first time ever where when you're in cash, you can choose to spend your money wherever you want and do whatever you want with it. Now we're going into a system where you lose control of that. Theoretically, they can stop you from spending. They don't like you or you're not doing certain things or they don't think something you're spending on is valuable they could say oh sorry ain't gonna work and then when you take your nice little digital app and you go to spend it and it goes denied 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 and you can't buy what you want we're gonna be having a different conversation i guarantee you you're gonna be saying what the hell is this cbdc and i don't want this thing no more so hey, don't get lost in the tracking of it i don't care about the tracking it's the fact that it's controllable and it can be programmed to not let you do things you're supposed to be able to do which is protecting your freedoms and your rights. And so that ain't going to happen out the gate. But the reality is that's the watch out here that we're saying is that's the danger here. That's a slippery slope we have to keep an eye on, make sure that doesn't happen. Yep, 100%. And what the Great Reset is in particular, what the whole narrative is, is that the Great Reset aims to transform the current financial system into a fully digital financial system, which saves a lot of energy and therefore hinders the acceleration of global warming. So it's, it, I do find it a little bit comical that the whole narrative is centered around global warming, yet the highest real estate in the country for the United States is coastal. So 
a lot of the big money is perfectly comfortable investing in real estate on the edges of the country where we would see the ocean levels rise and a lot of the effects of global warming take place, but it's making them change the entire financial system. So it's, it, there's definitely polarizing narratives going on here and they're opposite ends of the spectrum. If anybody has any comments, I'd love to hear them now. If not, we can continue moving on. Perfect. So we'll hop into the next article where we talk about Bitcoin on-chain analysis. BTC whales are accumulating while medium-sized wallets fall. So I'm not super focused on the medium-sized wallets. Those are wallets with 10 to 100 Bitcoin. But as we scroll down and we look at what the big boys are doing, the guys who have over 100 Bitcoin in their wallets, not only is the uh, is the wallets reaching an all-time high, but as I scroll down here, you'll see that these times of accumulation basically correlate to price pumps. So if we see the big boys accumulating, it's a good indicator to us that we should be looking at the market right now and seeing what's the sentiment. Is this a possible time for accumulation? Are we nearing a bottom? These are a lot of questions I ask myself when investing. We'll go to Andrew Castle first, just on some quick comments on on Bitcoin and what do you see when you look at the Bit Boys who are sorry, the big boys who are accumulating. Actually, you you want to ask my opinion? I don't care. Mm. I don't care. I don't have. I, I do not. My actions are not in in line with with the big boys. I just buy my Bitcoin according to my own plan, and I, I sell and I'm trading Bitcoin, and that's what I do. And of course, it makes me happy if I hear that there are uh, uh, more Bitcoin miners and they they are keeping their money or their their Bitcoin because currently it's also possible to get a loan for a Bitcoin miner. So what they do, they they stack up their Bitcoin. So there's more and more uh, or, or uh, uh, less and less Bitcoin are on exchanges. Of course, it makes me happy, but it doesn't uh, steer my actions. My actions are my own plan. When do I get in? When do I get out? And yeah. I, I would recommend that for everybody, because if you act on this kind of news stuff, I mean, it is all, also all manipulation. And they want to get you in at a high price and they want, want and then they want to have the fear and then you sell. And so, yeah, yeah make, make up your plan, make up your mind and stick to the plan. And if you are, I think what is also very important, I think, is are you a trader? Are you a hodler? Are you accumulator? Are you what, what are you? So you, you should for yourself make a decision. If, if you think, yeah, I'm, I'm not so good in, in, in all the, these actions, just buy every week for maybe uh, $50 or $20. Buy, buy yourself in and don't run after the news. I mean, yeah. it, it, makes, it makes you sad. It makes you, yeah, uh, unsure. And, and yeah, that, that, that's the only thing what I can say based on, based on the news. So not being swayed by narratives, but instead we're just watching what the bit boy, what the big boys are doing. We have our dollar cost average process. I don't want it to be misconstrued. Like my buying and selling is, is it is correlated to what the big boys are doing. I just like to watch these things because it gives me good insight onto possibly where we could be going next. And so we're seeing over 270 million in Bitcoin moving to long-term holders, signaling BTC is close to a bottom. People are moving their Bitcoin off of exchanges and into cold wallets, indicating that they're not getting ready to sell in the short term. Those were some great comments, Andrew Craftsville. What do you have to say, Johnny? Yeah, all I'm all I would say is at the end of the day, 
if you're trying to play this market and you want to keep track of what's going on here, you just use this as an indicator. It's just another indicator, right? So you've got mm -hmm. you've got your support levels, you've got your resistance levels, you've got your Fibonacci's, you got your moving averages, and you also you know you got you got your 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 moon cycles, right? And then you also have you can lay overlay on top of that what the whales are doing, and it's it's a good indicator to some degree. It's just another point you want to put on there, so that if you're deciding what you want to do. Maybe you're new to this market and you're just getting in and you're trying to decide, do I get in now? Do I get in later? You know, these things might be helpful. It certainly is encouraging. It certainly as a holder and I'm more of a holder and not a trader. So it really doesn't matter to me, but I do, don't get me wrong. I do like to see the fact that people mm -hmm. are, I like to see that large whales are moving money off the exchanges into their wallets. It tells me, you know, that's the kind of the cool thing about the blockchain that's different than regular funds is you can actually see what people are doing. You can get an indication. Now, we also know through Kramer, when he ran a hedge fund, he manipulated the shit out of the market by buying options, you know, shorting options when he knew he wanted to go the opposite way. But he'd do that because it would fool people into thinking. So you will see that happen in this market. People mm. will get wallets and they will just do certain things in those wallets to make you think the market's going to go one way or the other. They will do head fakes. There's no doubt about it. But when you see a large chunk like that going in there, it's just validation that, you know, right now it looks like, you know, people are feeling like, okay, they got a good entry point on Bitcoin around the 30, 38 range. And you can see that in the charts. We got higher lows right now. It makes sense to me that they're pulling it off. It kind of means that, hey, maybe we're gearing up for another nice uh, bull, a short bull run coming. So that's what I look at. I use it more as an indicator of what might be coming next. But, but that's it. You can't, you know, you need to put all these factors in when you make a decision on what you're going to do. And you need to know your strategy. Like Andrew said, if you're a day trader, it might mean something more to you. If you're a holder, it's not as significant in the long run. And I think it's important to note that Tesla's average buy-in is 29,000. Michael Saylor's average buy-in is 31,000. So we're looking at those key levels for being the support and possible new bottoms. And we haven't seen a dip below those levels since the whales started to accumulate. So it is a decent indicator, but I totally agree with what Caspo said. It shouldn't affect your decisions. It's just something to keep an eye on and, and maybe give you some insight onto what the billionaires are doing within the market. Yeah. So I'd love to hop into our next video. It's a Brad Garlinghouse video from Bloomberg. He makes some very impactful comments on how the U.S. is going about regulation by enforcement and how that's the worst thing they could be doing. But the SEC is taking that decisions into their own hands. They've been given no clarity from the federal government to say, hey, SEC, it's your job to regulate crypto. But they're attacking these specific crypto firms and and maybe even forcing us to go outside of our borders. So let's hear some comments from Brad Garlinghouse here, and then we'll have an open discussion. I think the SEC is taking a tougher stance than the administration at large. And do you think that will hinder at all some of the progress that some firms are making? Look, I think there's no question that the United States Security Exchange Commission has reduced the competitiveness of this critical industry in the United States. I think they've been out of step, not just with other parts of the U.S. government, but they've been others out of step with other major economies around the world. The only country in the world that considers XRP, the digital asset that Ripple uses in our technology stack, the only country in the world that thinks XRP could be a security is the United States. <laughs> so that's perfect, right? He just said it all. Not only does he disagree with how the SEC is going about regulating the market, but he said it's hilarious that they find that they're they're calling this security when other countries around the world, and we have another short clip I'll show, have already classified this as a currency. As the only person not in the United States cash flow, what does this show to you? How do you feel about you know the Ripple CEO making comments like this? 
first off, is it just me or or, or does Brad Garnhouse squint whenever he talks? Does he need glasses? He's always squinting when he's talking. <laughs> he does wear glasses. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense to me. And I'll tell you what, I'll give him props on his posture. He sits up very well, very, very well, well uh, spoken person. And, you know, he nailed it right on the head, basically, where, you know, here we are. We're the U.S. We're in the United States of America. We're the guys that lead technology, that lead world innovation. Yep. And, and now we're talking about a technology that's going to drive the future for the next how many hundreds of years that are coming? Who knows? None of us will be here, and this technology still will be. And we're not at the forefront of it. We're pulling back. What does that tell you? There's something behind the scenes, guys. Something's not smell. Something does not smell right here, folks. That the leading innovation com- country in the world is not leading in the in, in, in innovation that's going to drive the future. It almost tells me like we're like you know behind the scenes. The big boys are saying, okay, you know, we're gonna we're gonna slow down. We're gonna. And I read this somewhere too that they were gonna let. Uh, China and the other countries kind of lead on this. And sure enough, now we're seeing it happen. Um, so it's obviously, I think there's a plan out there. And it's really because I think they want to pass the baton. I think you're going to see the U.S. fall as the number one world power to China. China will be number one. We'll fall to number two. And it makes perfect sense that China's leading the way now. But it's all freaking planned. And what's the most important narrative going on in the Great Reset? The rollover into central bank digital currencies. And who's leading innovation on central bank digital currencies? China. So, exactly. Andrew Cashflow, comments? Yeah, the, the, the most innovation is currently on, on crypto is all in that area. It all, it's, it's all in the East. And actually, yeah, I mean, look, look at Luna, Terra Luna. It came from nothing and it's on position seven at this moment in coin market cap. What, of course, there is a big currency because it's a currency environment. Which, which is uh, uh, yeah, um, keeping cur- uh, stable coins for specific uh, fiat currencies. But the second currency is the South Korean won. I mean, it, it's 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 going so fast in in that area. And if I then see uh, Greg Garlinghouse, for him, the the United States market is only and it's a big market, but not his biggest market, because he has much more options. He is he is he is talking with an enormous amount of central banks all over the world, and and he is also talking in 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 the U.S. So Greg actually has not a problem, and and U.S. has a problem. A hundred percent. And I always talk about this. People act like crypto is a United States thing. It's a global narrative, and XRP is going to pay a pivotal part of cross-border payments. That's so much bigger than what the U.S. is doing as an individual country or economy. I'd love to play this next clip and then we'll get some more comments from the group. Here we go. The only country in the world that thinks XRP could be a security is the United States. We work <laughs> successfully in the UK, in Switzerland, in Japan, in the UAE, in Singapore. All of these countries have acknowledged XRP is a currency because that's how it's used. I mean, he just said it right there. There's not much I, I can really add. They've already addressed this as a currency in the UAE, in Japan, in several other countries and major economies around the world. It's just, it's inevitable, right? And so the SEC is lagging behind and stifling innovation when typically we're leading the forefront. If you look in retrospect, even during the internet bubble, the United States was the hub for innovation. And now we're looking at a place where they're stopping innovative companies like Ripple, like EOS, like Ethereum. They're choosing the winners and losers. And that's not how this market should work. So 
well, we can go open floor here. We can go to Andrew Cashflow first, I guess. What, what does that point out to you that other countries have already established XRP as a currency? Yeah, it, it, it doesn't wonder me. I mean, it, it is an internal problem within the USS with, with, with big egos for, for the SEC and, and other of those regulating uh, kind of, uh, of, of companies. And the rest of the world just continues and and so that's why i say it doesn't wonder me and 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 you know and this xrp system with ripple uh, yeah it, it, it works perfect and 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 it and it and it goes efficient it's 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 operational so what i said uh carlinghouse do, doesn't know doesn't have a problem and yeah you know we will see what future will bring however I also understand that the SEC, if you would say, I need, we need to make regulations for cryptocurrencies, who will come up with a proposal? And how would that proposal look like? That's also not so simple. No. If, if you know, if we would have here a solution for that, oh, you just have to do this or you have to do that, because it is such a new system that that's the same as that the first cars started to drive on, on the road when there were only a carriage and, and horses i mean the people were scared and see after after years and years years you get much more regulation and you have to drive right or you have to drive on the left side and and there are, are, are rules and so that that's also with uh, with, with cryptocurrencies and it, it, it takes time uh, and the only thing is yeah it's a pity that that the united states is yeah is 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 pulling yeah pushing the brakes on innovation at this at this point i completely agree and we have a comment here i'd love to address our listeners it says abs please try to bring on ready med reggie middleton onto the show i will do my research and figure out who that is we appreciate you guys comments and if you're enjoying this conversation please smash the like button you get access to all of us through the 3t warrior academy where you can find andrew cashflow he does deep dives on how to stake earn passive income and some of the best opportunities in cryptocurrency. You get access to Johnny Crypty, access to the Node Defender. So their social medias are down below. If you guys love this content, smash the like button and give these guys a follow. As I want, I just want to pull up the XRP price chart. It's very interesting to see what's happened in the past year. How we we touched this high of about a dollar and ninety cents, and that came over a two week period. We went from forty cent XRP to two dollar XRP in seventeen days. So we can see the volatility that comes in. When this thing's ready to move and when we get a resolution on this lawsuit, we get a relisting on all these global exchanges, I expect to see massive price appreciation from that catalyst. And that doesn't even address the bank starting to buy XRP once they know they're not going to be sued for using this stuff. So 77 cent XRP is a blessing in my opinion. We're going to look back at this time in a few years and say, that was a time for accumulation. So I'd love to kick it to Johnny or Mario, whoever has some comments, floor is yours. Well, I think first saw abs getting back to what Brad was saying at the end of the day, it's really about this lawsuit that's going on is about regulation. It's about clarity. And I think that's what, that's what he's saying here. And that's what we're seeing is, well, I think coming out of it, once a, a resolution comes is we'll have some clarity. So once that clarity comes in, that's going to then allow institutions to come back into it and you're going to really see that price chart move like you ain't seen it move before because it's going to allow you know big money doesn't like risk smart money doesn't play with with high risk stuff 
smart money plays with very calculated uh, low risk or middle risk, high reward type stuff. So once clarity comes out, companies will be able to understand what that means and how to play in this field. And then, you know, you'll be able to see where the money is going to flow, which technologies are big. We've already seen metaverse technologies. We've seen a bunch of money flow into that space right now. So yep. cryptocurrency coins like Mana, Decentraland, Gala, right? You see all of those uh, coins taking off because there was, you know, awareness to it. And it was great. It was here at the Academy. We were in all those or we were in a good chunk of those, right? Engine. So you started to see a lot of them take off in that space because, you know, Zuckerberg kind of brought some awareness to it. Right. And so the same thing will happen in this space. Once we start to get some clarity around these coins and whether securities or not, and the utilities behind them, you're then going to be able to see where the smart money's going. And that's where you want to flow. And my guess is the smart money is going to go to things that have real world solves that make products and solutions cheaper and better. Right. And so each one of these technologies do different things. XRP does one thing. Cardano does another, um, you know, um, so they're all different types of, of, of different types of technologies out there that to do that. And we're going to see now wh where the big money wants to go once that clarity comes in. So I'm praying that hopefully we'll get an end to this lawsuit soon. And I won't be surprised if that's time pretty close to landing right on top of the time when uh, Biden's executive order. If you remember a couple of days ago, he signed an executive order to get his um, to get all the, the U.S. federal agencies to start looking at crypto as well and come up with policies. Don't be surprised if that coincides at the same timing with uh, the end of the lawsuit and you find that a lot of things uh, turn out to, to be in similar sync with each other. You know what the ruling is versus what Congress is saying we should do. I won't be surprised at all. It's like that old adage, show me the charts, I'll tell you the news, right? Yeah, so exactly. Once we're once we're getting ready for a breakout, typically the perfect narrative rolls around for that catalyst yeah. to take place and for us to have that breakout. So yeah. I'd love to end this episode on Ethereum. Speaking of chosen ones and, and currencies that are being given the opportunity that others are not, Ethereum's merge successfully takes place in the Kiln testnet. Guys, I can't reiterate how big this is. I know we didn't get to it till the end of the episode, but this is the final public testnet before the transition to proof of stake later this year. This is ETH 2.0. This is foundational. If Ethereum is going to survive, they have to move away from proof of work. And it's not because they're going to be regulated out, but there's just better products out there. We're seeing XRPL come out with NFT platforms. We're seeing ADA becoming the largest DeFi developer platform in the crypto space, outpacing Ethereum and Solano. So there's plenty of competition. If Ethereum doesn't innovate, they're going to be left behind. We can start off the same way we have with all, all these topics. We'll go to Andrew Cashflow first and just get his opinion on ETH 2.0 and what this could mean for Ethereum holders in the long term. Yeah, I mean, it, it's amazing what, what they are doing to go from proof of proof of work to proof of stake. Compare it to a, a race car that, that drives with, with 100 miles per hour and you are trying to replace the engine. This is what they are doing. So, of course, this is good news, but are they really going to make it? and to make it a, a proof of uh, to proof of stake environment. However, in the meantime, the world keeps turning and 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 and, and, and it goes further than what you already said. Uh, apps, uh, other blockchains, other level one blockchains are profiting from the fact that Ethereum gas fees are so extremely high and actually Ethereum is slow 
uh, of course, there are now uh, roll-up functionality is built and side chains are built. And but I think the increase in innovation is not that much as what we see in in in, in Cardano or in Cosmos or in uh, or in other level one chains. So actually, it's it's a very interesting fight in the in the crypto arena what is currently happening and and i would say try to invest in several level one blockchain projects try to keep a keep your investment a little bit the same over the different blockchains and then stake the stuff because the, the rest is all proof of stake yeah stake it get earn an income and just see what happens Yes. And it's like Kevin O'Leary said, right? Nobody knows who's going to win. So you got to pick your horses and ride with them. I, I'm going to kick it to Johnny Crypto here, but I just have two comments I want to share. The narratives of the upgrade to ETH 2.0 fit perfectly into the World Economic Forum's agenda for the 2030 agenda. Not only is it going to limit Ethereum's energy usage by 99.9%, but also Ethereum is an infinite currency. It can be printed at any time. There's no total circulating supply. I feel like that narrative is never talked about, but this is going to reduce the amount of supply that's being issued by Ethereum and the staking rewards will go over 10% for the first time. So they're creating all these additional use cases for people to want to grab their money and put it in Ethereum. Johnny Crypto, what do you got? So here's the thing. So Ethereum by today's standards is a very old technology, right? It was designed, I don't know, over 10 years ago or maybe even longer, right? And so now the advantage that these new cryptocurrencies have is they're coming out and they can you know, see what, what, what the, what the flaws are and solve for that. So there are technologies that are way better than Ethereum, right? HBAR, you know, well, depending on what this HBAR, Cardano, this is Casper, this is Luna. There's so Polka many, dot, yep. Polka dot, Solano. There's so many different technologies that are better, but here's the thing. Here's the thing why that news actually flipped me where I'm actually super bullish on Ethereum now is at the end of the day, there's always an advantage. And that's why it's called first mover advantage. Ethereum has been out there for so long and so many apps have been built on it, right? And and so they have, they're the king of the mountain right now. And yes, you've got all these, you know, side technologies coming up and people are starting to build apps. In fact, Cardano was the number one built upon app developers used last year, right? But it doesn't matter. The Ethereum so far ahead that if they are able to get ETH 2.0 to come out, and this test proves that, you know, maybe they are actually going to be able to get there, that they're going to save, they're going to salvage what they've built. And, 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 and Andrew's right. He's spot on. It's like, you know, you're trying to fix the engine while the plane's on fire and you're flying. <laughs> That's what's happening here. That's what Ethereum is going on. But they have to, because if they don't, they're going to lose everything. Everything's built on it. And so if they're able to eliminate and switch successfully to proof of stake, they're going to save a, a big chunk of what they have because the gas fees is the biggest problem with Ethereum right now. And it's gonna, and if that goes away, now they're gonna have the time to go and do a fork and then build it, you know, build something that will be more up to today's standards. But the number one problem is they have to solve the gas problem. If they don't solve that, they're dead, they're done, finito, it's over. Yeah, so I think they're on their way to get there. And, and if they do, I, I will be super bullish because they're not gonna get knocked off the hill then. There's and we're gonna go to our next article here where. Abra CEO is bullish on Ethereum, gives a $40,000 price target, Johnny. I know that you had something to say about this last time. I'm going to go to Mario first, but as we see they're getting ready to upgrade to ETH 2.0, it makes sense in a five to seven year time frame to predict prices like this because 
if it's here and it's innovative and people are continuing to adopt this technology, this is about a two point, I believe it was a $2 trillion market cap, which is humongous. It's larger than the total market cap right now. But this prediction is for 2030. So I thought it was worth noting. Mario, I'd love to go to you first. Yeah, I think it would be really important that what I want to see if uh, Ethereum, I mean, a lot of these proof of stake platforms, I feel like they, they need to solve the um, like scalability problem, which is, you know, we need network support essentially. And the proof of stake, it doesn't really support network operators or node operators too well. So that, that could be the issue that they run into as far as scalability of the network. And I think that that's something that we need to see all proof of stake blockchains kind of work on. As far as Ethereum, I definitely think that not just because they have the first mover's advantage, but they also have a lot of backing. I, I don't think they're going to go anywhere. I think they will continue to be the leading yeah. smart contract blockchain. Yeah. Um, I, we're seeing a lot of development in other blockchains like Cardano and stuff, but I really think Ethereum will continue to be. And, and you know, people in the comments are, are saying that there's a lot of other blockchains that are 20 times better, 100 times better. And that's true. But until we until we can really see that there's no longer that big time interest in Ethereum, then I don't think those blockchains are ready to take over what Ethereum is built and or it is building just yet. Yeah. And I think just to build on that, you know, people are saying, well, why, why, why build on something else? Why, you know, why build on Ethereum when you got Casper 3.0? Here's the reason, guys. Yeah, I'm in technology. There's no way a developer, if he has a choice to develop on a platform that his consumers are used to using. Versus a platform that has very use, very low usability and, and not very known common, they're not going to go there. They're going to wait for, you know, there to be a good chunk of people using it before they're going to shift to something. They'd rather stay on something that they know consumers are used to technology and they're comfortable with it and they'll stay there than, than take a risk and build something that, you know, may or may not work. So I, I know we do it. We do it in our space all the time. I see retailers doing it. Um, they they want ubiquitous before they develop on it. So it'll be slow for those other technologies to come out. And if ETH does make the shift before they do get gain traction, ETH is not getting knocked off. They're not getting knocked off the hill, in my opinion. Yes. And the, the panel, the fintech panel that came up with these price targets previously predicted a $50,000 uh, Ethereum by 2030. And then they reduced that estimate to 26000 So they're guessing just like the rest of us. I'd love to give Andrew Cashflow a, a quick comment before I close it out here. Anything you got? No, but it's already said a lot. Um, um, yeah, I can I cannot add uh, a lot more to it. Um, yeah, it's an exciting environment where we are in. That's what I can say, and uh, I love it. And uh, me yeah. too. I'm with you. And I just think it's funny how they went from a $50,000 Ethereum price target to a $26,000 price target in just four months. So they're completely guessing. I'm going to go out on a limb and say we're going to end up somewhere between twenty thousand and and a hundred thousand. So that's my guess <laughs> by 2030, we will be between 20 and a hundred thousand. And I'm just kidding guys. But if you enjoyed this conversation, like our content, please smash that like button and show us some support. I want to thank Johnny crypto, the node defender and specifically Andrew Cashflow. love having all you guys on. It was a great time today. And for any of our listeners who want to learn more about what we're doing, you can find that information in the three T warrior Academy, where we're there on a daily basis, answering questions and interacting with you guys. I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to speak with everyone in our community. And we also have a conference coming up on April 22nd in Phoenix, where we're all going to be there live. You can shake our hands. You can talk to us. It'll be fun, casual conversations as well as crypto information. We've got some great projects we want to bring to you guys. So we'll close this out the same way we always do. 
Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us today. Kick that Let's music, go. Mario. Let's go.